The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to Fear the Rambling Dead, the unofficial Fear the Walking Dead internet radio show exclusively on poppychuloradio.com. Poppychulo Radio, pop culture on demand. Today is Monday, September 12th, 2016, and I'm your host, Poppy Chulo, filling in for Deadly. During tonight's broadcast, we're going to recap, review, and dissect the latest episode of Fear the Walking Dead. Later on in the broadcast, get ready for a spoiler alert as we bring you the hit AMC series as casting scoops, spoilers, and ratings. Please welcome my co-hosts. First up, she loves to stay up late at night to read a Spanish dictionary. It's Deidre. What's up, people? Yes. Hola, mi amigos. Ondole. Okay. I like it. We got Mexican Deidre tonight. Usually it's Puerto Rican Deidre. <laughs> <laughs> I approve. <laughs> Next up, he loves to mix oxy and powdered milk on his birthday. It's the birthday boy, Legionnaire. That's right. I have a very limited but refined skill set. You do. But we like it. Happy birthday, Legionnaire. Thanks. Thanks. Deidre's going to give you a little private dance later. Ooh, all right. <laughs> Yes, it's going to be to Beyonce single ladies. <laughs> Alrighty then. Why not? And she always jumps in slow motion off of a pier. It's Madison Fitzpatrick. Uh, I was pretty sick doing that jump. I swear to it was. I was a ten out of ten in the Olympics. Yes. <laughs> It was fabulous. It was so fabulous. It was. I agree. So let's jump into our recap of Season 2, Episode 11, titled Pablo and Jessica, and aired September 11th, 2016. Here's the official synopsis of the episode. Alicia and Madison try to bring two competing factions together. Nick uses skills from his past for his new role. So I want to get everyone's initial reaction to the episode titled Pablo and Jessica. And uh, let's start off with the birthday boy, uh, Legionnaire. What were your initial thoughts on this episode? I like this episode. I liked it. I did. Lots of, uh, lots of cool stuff happened. Okay. That, that, that's where I'll, I'll start. I like it. Very succinct and vague. Uh, it's beautiful. <laughs> Madison, uh, what did you think of this episode? I loved this episode. Um, I 
was really, really like attached to it. Like I, I never thought that it was boring. Um, I like that it kind of hit all the, you know, the characters and we got caught up and everything. I was really, really impressed. I like it. And Deidre, cuéntame tu reacción de este capítulo. <laughs> what was my reaction to the show? My reaction to the show was, it was decent. It was very decent. It was um, actually a bit of a surprise, um, the way the episode went. Um, I actually liked Madison in this <gasps> Wow. Knock me over with a feather. Indeed, on Legionnaire's birthday, no less, yeah. <laughs> I know, right? I, Legionnaire brings everyone together. What a present. Yes, yes it's yes. a Legionnaire birthday miracle. Yes. <laughs> I like it. I enjoyed the episode as well. I feel like it's one of those episodes where like not a lot happens, but a lot happens, if that makes any sense. Like There was so much going on, but yeah, it was like a very simple story in in a way. I mean, it was very like a straight forward story there wasn't it wasn't that complicated but it was like really interesting to see what happened and how it happened there was a lot of suspense in the episode which i liked because it was one of those episodes where i guess you were you're kind of waiting for like maybe people to die and well not not to ruin anything but it just it was surprising in a sense so uh before we get into a thorough recap of the latest episode of fear the walking dead here are a few reminders on how you can interact with us like us on facebook facebook.com slash the rambling dead follow us on tumblr fear the rambling dead dash pcr.tumblr.com follow the station on social media we are on facebook instagram Tumblr, Twitter, and YouTube at Poppy Chulo Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychuloradio.com. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chulo Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at poppychuloradio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chulo Radio programs by visiting poppychuloradio.com slash archives and search for Fear the Rambling Dead through iTunes and hit the subscribe button. So let's start off at the very beginning of the episode, and uh, they did what they've kind of been doing throughout this entire season. They start off like catching us up on something that we hadn't seen before, which I like. You know, they're kind of like filling in the gaps from uh, previous episodes, and uh, we pick up exactly where Madison and Strand, Madison and Strand are in the hotel bar, and uh, we see how they make their great escape. Because obviously we've already seen that they are alive and well at the very end of the previous episode. So they're like in the middle of the bar. They got all these, you know, uh, infected, you know, reaching out to them, uh, trying to get a piece of them. And, uh, you know, they're, they're, they try to make their way to the lobby, or, or at least that's the idea. But the, obviously, you know, they're surrounded by all these walkers. And uh, upon hearing Alicia screams, Madison ducks down and uh, you know try she's trying to find an escape route in what appears to be um, like like a kitchen or something and but there's like a an infected that's crawling uh, close behind and so she can't find a way to escape she can't find safety but she does find a way to um, dismember this creature with a uh, broken bottle and uh, she slathers herself and Victor much to Victor's disgust in the walker <laughs> 
infected guts and they're able to walk out into the lobby and barricade the door you know there was like a little bit of a slip up you know as they maneuvered over the bar but for the most part they made it out safe and sound and that's why the door to uh, the uh, hotel bar was barricaded so they start off their search for Alicia and Ophelia but uh, they find that the truck has is missing remember the truck that they rode to to the hotel and uh, of course we all know the dead don't drive so Victor assumed that the girls drove away to safety, but Madison isn't willing to accept that. And so uh, the duo run across to the next building, and um, via like scaffolding and, and construction stuff, they're able to climb up into a balcony. The building is empty as far as they know, so, you know, taking a break, uh, you know, they, they talk a bit about Alicia and how it isn't in her nature to leave and uh, Victor is like, you know, it's all about survival now you know, and that uh, Alicia is a survivor and she's self-reliant, she can take care of herself and Madison agrees with that and so they, um they, they try to hydrate with some water bottles that they found because remember, they, they technically are drunk we have to remember that. And uh, they hear knocking. And the knocking doesn't sound like it would have been from the infected. It, it sounds like humans knocking. So as they get closer, they hear shouting. And they recognize Alicia's voice. And, you know, they open the door. We've already seen this. They embrace. Madison and Alicia embrace. And uh, Victor, you know, says in Spanish to the people, you know, ¿Quiénes son ustedes? Like, who the hell are you? So let's yes. Yeah, so let's discuss what we saw with uh, Victor Strand and Madison and uh, their adventure escaping the herd that was in the bar and that kind of thing. Uh, Deidre, I know you haven't been Team Madison ever. <laughs> what did you think of <laughs> us catching up with Madison and Strand? Um, okay, so, uh, I had a friend who once told me that he used to drink all the time, and he used to drink and pick up women, I mean, at least once a week, all the time in school, and he told me one night in particular, he was drunk, as usual, but the woman was so ugly, and the light from the moon hit her face, and sobriety hit him like that, and everything went north. No, it went south, sorry. And he's like, uh, yeah, let me just stop drinking altogether. And I never thought that could happen. I'm like, sobriety, that, that doesn't happen. He was like, believe me, whatever drunkenness I felt was completely gone. And so he came to my mind when I saw the whiskey steward. He acted because they should have been like falling over and stumbling and thinking that they're standing up straight and falling forward. I was like, okay, so sobriety has hit these two. And they might make it. Okay, we'll see what happens. So I, I couldn't stop laughing because it was all their fault that they were in there to begin with the 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 dead, you know, from them throwing things up against the wall and breaking glass. So to see them, you know, looking sober as hell and keeping it together, I was like, okay, they're doing this. They're they're being smart. Okay, this is looking pretty good. I was impressed. I really was. Um the way they work together and, you know, got things done. And it's, when you think about the fact that, you know, they are still not 
it's not like The Walking Dead, um, you know, where everyone knows what to do and everyone knows to stay quiet and everything. Now, you know, they're still in the beginning stages. They did pretty, they did a pretty good job, in my opinion. So um, I was impressed. I really was. And Madison didn't say anything stupid, so I was even more impressed. Oh, my God. Deidre, you know, I'm, I, you have left me speechless. Like, I'm literally <laughs> flabbergasted right now. Right. And I'm not going to lie, I had no idea where you were going with, with the story. It was a good story, but I was like, what is she talking about? <laughs> but I'm glad that it correlated and it actually made sense. No, that was so, I've never heard anything like this. I'm like, that is such bullshit. And I was like, you are so, he was like, I kid you not, she was ugly as hell. And I was, whatever liquor was in me was completely gone. He was like, I, 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 I'm never going to drink again. I think he drank like two months later, but I was like, okay. And so seeing those two, I was like, oh my God, this is a punch moment. Oh, this is so beautiful. That's too funny. Legionnaire, what'd you think of uh, Madison and Strand surviving the infected? Yeah, I, I agree. It was definitely uh, exciting to watch because, you know, they, they definitely had to snap to it if they were going to get out and escape and uh, uh and watching watching them use the the um the infected guts to mask themselves was funny because uh, i mean watching them having to do that for the first time uh was was comical because i'm so used to seeing nick just go for mm-hmm. it you know without without batting an eye you know, it was it was kind of funny to see the reaction of somebody having to do it for the first time, and it's like, oh my god, you know, this is disgusting, this is gross, but hey, it's gonna save your life, so you have to suck it up and do it. So that part was really funny and cool to witness. That was a nice little nuance to that scene. Yeah, I agree. And so, after this, after we sort of catch up with time, we travel to La Colonia, and we have Nick and uh, we see him sort of like, I guess, still sort of like trying to understand what Alejandro said about the community and like him putting the community in danger because of uh, his excursion and uh, him uh, sort of uh, improvising the um, what happened with the drug dealers and uh, the um, creepiest uh, Walmart we've ever seen. And so uh, we see the little girl who had lost her father, and she's crying in the street, and, 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 uh, and a woman comes and consoles her, and holding a can of powdered milk. And so Nick gets an idea. Madison, continue on. What was the idea? Uh, Nick decided to do some chemistry. Uh, we like chemistry. I think that's chemistry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Um, he decided he was going to cheat the bad guys and he went to go see the doctor pharmacist leader guy of his camp and uh he basically proposed that he wanted to make up for his little incident at the creepy walmart yes and um, world's worst walmart yes and he wanted to try to help so he was going to try to cheat them by i guess like mixing half of the drug which was like what like oxy i think yes yeah with the powdered milk um and then so nick and the pharmacist doctor whatever i forget his name alejandro Alejandro, they spend a lot of time making these new pills that they are going to give to the bad guys the gang and uh 
hopefully hoping that it's going to prolong um, the agreement that they have for drugs for food or whatever so yeah and then um, he Nick asks him the question about um, you know your shoulder did you actually get bit and do you believe that and you know um, he doesn't tell the story yet um, but you know he just he just asks Nick like don't you believe in miracles and stuff and Nick says no like you know, we all know Nick's past. It's not that bright, so <laughs> understandable. Yeah. Nope, not not rosy. <laughs> yeah, that com- yeah. It, it was an interesting scene, especially yeah when he said what you just said. Like he doesn't believe in miracles. I thought that was interesting. So over at the hotel, we have uh, our group together. We've got Oscar, we got Eileen, Madison, Strand, and uh, they're all talking and, um, you know, our group is trying to persuade these new people, you know, we need everyone, you know, we need to work together, we all have to work together, we need to ration the food, you know, we can... We can, you know, live off this food for a while, but we also have to scavenge for what we don't have, you know, in particular as the food supplies dwindle. And uh, Madison believes that they could, you know, make it there at the hotel, that this could be their new life. This could be their new home. The guests, you know, haven't seen the outside world since the outbreak occurred. They've all been here secluded in this resort, and Madison and and their group have seen the outside world, so they know how to navigate through it, and they know how to search for supplies and whatnot, and uh, because the resort is on this huge plot of land, I mean, they can use the land for crops, and they can really turn this into a safe haven for themselves. You know, all they got to do now is of course clear out the dead but uh, Oscar and Eileen they are adamant about the woman that woman has to leave Madison tries to come to her defense and she's like you know she did what she did you know for the best of everyone at the time you know she didn't know what was going to end up happening and uh, Eileen still blames Elena for her daughter's death Madison's like you know that was a sickness it's not uh you know, Elena's fault. And uh, Madison, like, tells them, you know, at some point, you know, others will find this resort. And, uh, you know, they may not be as willing to compromise or cooperate as we are. You know, they might be bad people. And, uh, you know, we need to work together to basically, you know, make this place safe for us and safe from others. So... They, they, um, well, actually, Legionnaire, can you take us into what happens next? Where Victor and, and Madison have a little powwow in the hallway. Yeah, they talk a little bit in the hallway, and and Madison noticed that uh, Victor was uncharacteris- uncharacteristically quiet. Um, but he definitely, you know, it reassured her that he was simply backing her play and definitely felt like, okay, she was the one that was, uh, kind of brokering everything and talking and it was better probably to have one person step up and leave rather than to have two people trying to negotiate. Um, so that's kind of, you know, his way of, you know, letting her know that um, he was backing her. But she also talked about how, you know, they can make this place, um, 
you know, a haven and a home. And he says something interesting. He's like, you know, his home was, you know, back back on the uh, compound, back with, with, with Tomas, who, you know, of course, he had to put down. And, you know, that's where his heart is. That's where his home is. And, you know, this is just a place that they can secure, you know, where he can remain. And it kind of made, it kind of threw out there that, you know, he's trying to figure out exactly what his place is going to be. And, and staying there may not necessarily be an option for him. I also thought a really interesting line that Strand brought up was the fact that, um, that the mother-in-law, Eileen, the that she is being driven by grief. And and mm-hmm. I don't know if that was foreshadowing. You know, maybe Eileen is going to end up doing something, you know, really bad oh, to them or something. Yeah. There was, like, way too much, like, um, you know, look into mm-hmm. the wedding, what happened, introducing yeah. these characters. I just feel like, you know, having her and having... Um, what is her name that locked everybody in? Oh, Elena. Elena, having them together, something is going to happen, and I'm sure it's going to lead to like a big outburst of something. But yeah, there's yeah. Oh, there's way too much her. build up. Oh yeah. my gosh, <laughs> Deidre, you're so violent on Legionnaire's birthday. I think she's going to kill her. I think she's going to, you know. Wait, who's going to kill who? Eileen's going to kill Elena, or Elena's going to kill Eileen? I think that girl's mother is going to kill Elena. I oh think my gosh. she's probably going to end up. I do. I think she's going to say, "Okay, fine." She's gonna. She's gonna find together. a baseball bat. No, she's gonna go the full Negan moment, and she's just gonna. Yes, she's gonna strangle her or something. She's gonna kill her. She'll probably bite her time. Oh, for a second, I thought you were gonna say she's probably gonna bite her tongue. <laughs> no, she's gonna bite her time. She'll wait. She'll wait. Yeah, her out. I, yeah. I don't see her making any kind of you know, turn around anytime, anytime soon to be convinced no. that, that they all need to work together. Yeah. I mean, not everyone's like willing to sort of like kumbaya and like completely understands the situation at hand. And I think one of the the most important lines, at least in the conversation that Madison was having is, you know, they've been sheltered in this uh, resort. Mm-hmm. So they really don't know what's out there and uh, you know when people don't know sort of like the severity of the situation you know they can do sort of like flippant moves like that like if she does end up killing her you know without really knowing what the world is like like really you know that this woman was was trying to do the best for them at the time and unfortunately mm-hmm. you know i mean you know it's not like she was in control of uh, but elena the, the still outbreak. Didn't kill, but elena still did not kill her daughter no it was the husband that killed the daughter no exactly right she's, but she knows just that, that whole mental deflection she's, she's just not, angry you know, yeah she's, yeah, yeah. Because, right because as she far as she's care. concerned you know something could have happened to help her and yeah she's trying to look for someone to blame and unfortunately there's there really is no one to blame you know, it's an out. It was an outbreak of. There is a dead husband, well, <laughs> and everybody saw it. And why is everyone not telling her, honey? It was you your know, boo. The woman locking the door. Yeah, it was your boo thing. Your boo thing did it. You know. So. <laughs> well, that's true. But well, technically, it was the outbreak, the the disease's fault. But because, I mean, obviously, she's not going to blame her husband, and she's not going to blame, uh, you know, uh, a bacteria or whatever it is that causes this infection that turns everyone into the infected, aka walkers, aka zombies. So she's got to find someone to blame. And of course, she's going to blame like the person that was quote unquote in charge at the moment. 
Why she gotta bang the Mexican? Oh my God, Deidre! <laughs> <laughs> no, I just think something's gonna have to, something's gonna yeah. end up happening because I think that woman's like drinking every day or something. I mean, she just—I don't. I think she's still not. I, I agree. One of you guys said, you know, they're not. They're like sheltered. They're not really aware of what's really going on. They're like stuck in a time loop of some kind. I don't know, but they're just not really aware of the reality of the world now. Mm-hmm. And you thought uh, Madison and, and, and our group was bad in the beginning. Like, these people are worse off. Yeah, they, it's like they're they're pretending. It's like they're pretending to play Lost the game or something. Yes, they're still on vacation in Mexico. Yes. <laughs> hmm. We'll see, we'll see. Good grief. Well, uh, why don't we catch up with La Colonia? And Madison, you're doing such a good job with it. Can you continue on and, and share with us the um, interesting story that Alejandro tells Nick? Man, I think that was so stupid. Like, I think that was so played. Like... He was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to make him believe in miracles, and I'm going to tell him about a druggie that's just like him so he can relate, and then he's going to feel bad, and then, yeah, like, I was like, no, no, <laughs> I'm not believing you. Do you guys, did you guys believe the story that he told? Mm, no, and no. I don't think Nick did either. No. Yeah, he was like, so there's this kid that I used to, I don't know, watch or something, <laughs> And uh, he was a druggie, and then, like, I tried to save him, and he bit me, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm listening to it, and I'm just like, this guy is speaking such bullshit. Like, I feel like he's just making the story up so Nick can feel bad and, like, relate to him and all this stuff. Like, I don't know. I just felt it was really stupid. And then um, before they go out... um, Nick and the doctor see that the kids are playing with um, the soccer ball and they're having some fun. And uh, he asks Nick if he plays and he's like, yeah, sure. And I love watching Nick with the kids. They're so cute together. Like he's like, he looks like such a big brother to the kids. Um, and um, what's her name? Oh my God. Luciana. Yes. I can't do it with these these names. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a lot of them to keep up yeah, with. Yeah, Luciana is there, and she's playing too, and, you know, it's a happy little moment. And then um, someone in the group comes back with blood all over them and is saying, like, something happened, like, he's in pieces. And we find out that that was Luciana's brother. Pa- Paolo? Pablo, yes. Pablo. <laughs> we finally found him because that's who they were looking for. Yes. And that's that's what they said when they first found Nick, that they were looking for somebody. Yeah. And he's in pieces. Exactly. So, like, he's in pieces. Something happened and either, like, a walker got him or, like, he's in pieces a different way. I don't know. Like, somebody, like, somebody cut him up. Him up. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that was interesting. So, Legionnaire... Uh, Luciana and uh, Nick have uh, a little adventure on their way to uh, trade with the dealers, where she talks a little bit about uh, Pablo. Can you share with us a little bit about that? Um, 
I didn't catch everything that she talked about. Just just that you know she kind of um, started to open up, um, you know, and it turns out that um, yeah, I mean, she. I just I I caught that she was kind of opening up to to Nick and uh, you know, and then they kind of had uh, a moment where where she kind of opened up and let herself be vulnerable and. You know, he gave her, you know, a little bit of, of a brief comfort. He did. Yeah, he did. that was kind yeah. of sucky. Oh, kind my of gosh, Deidre. <laughs> I knew where, but I knew where I was going. I'm like, dear God, Deidre, it's do supposed this. to be don't romantic. It was romantical. Deidre, if uh, Liam Hemsworth not. would cradle you, your head in, in his hands or arms, would you not care? No, I get zero fuzzy. Boy, you smell. Oh, my God. No. Just no. No, not Liam Hemsworth. Sorry, Chris Hemsworth. Oh, that's different. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That does still make me giggle. Don't make me giggle. This guy is nothing like Chris Hemsworth. Okay. That's a completely... Yeah, Chris and Liam, two different people. <laughs> yeah. funny. Yeah. Miss Hemsworth, no, that is just, no, my eyes are completely closed and I'm grinning from ear to ear. No, that's completely different. Anyway, no, no, Nick is not attractive. And I, to see her walls come down, I mean, I know she was, you know, in a place, but couldn't she have found someone else to be in that place with? No. God, no, not Nick. So, um, fascinated with Nick all, you know, all this time. So, I mean, it didn't, it didn't feel particularly forced to be no but, it didn't but, it but, didn't feel forced but it just seemed wrong <laughs> well there's that but it, it definitely didn't seem romantic either though there you go though well it was intimate maybe that's the better word yes yeah mm-hmm. so the, the only like the real important i guess if it is an important part of their conversation is that uh, pablo had gone to look for their mother because their father had died before the outbreak and uh they their mother they had lost contact with her because she had gone south and uh obviously you know he didn't return so there's oh, that that's i missed it okay You're welcome. So back at the hotel, we have Alicia and Hector, and uh, they're they're getting to work. Because remember, they have to clear the hotel out, and they're trying to figure out how to clear the hotel out, and they're trying to figure out like what to do to clear the hotel out. And so they end up deciding to, you know, just start clearing out like basically floor floor by floor. You know, they they clear out one floor, they drag the the infected bodies into the beach where uh you know they're they're using uh, they're they're tearing the straw out of like the tiki stands and uh, you know they're 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 basically getting rid of the bodies and, and that kind of thing and so everyone's working together the hotel guests you know are, are working and helping our group and uh, you know everything's all kumbaya fantastic so uh the they begin to walk under the boardwalk and they start strategizing you know if they clear out one floor and you know there's three buildings total 17 floors each you know it's going to be weeks before they're done and then all of a sudden you know madison's like yeah you know we're going to do all this work and then some asshole is going to take it away from us 
which all of us who watch The Walking Dead, we know that that happens a lot. A lot. Yeah. Yep. So Madison and Alicia have a nice little tender moment where she's like, you know, basically, I'm sorry for forcing you to raise yourself and you know that's on me and that's kind of thing and and alicia's like you know it's okay basically and, and they have like a little mother-daughter moment but it, it's cut short when alicia has an idea you know with the rough water on the beach and the riptide sign she's like you know we don't have to go room to room clearing them out you know instead like we can lead them out to the, this water and this, you know, this rough terrain, not rough terrain, but this, this rough water will dispose of them the for us, the riptides and all that kind of stuff. But like how? I don't understand because the whole time that they were like on that, uh, the island, like, or like, I guess like close, like where the, they met those, the first couple with the kids, like the, the water was bringing the infected there. But I don't... like I, the, the water wasn't as rough there. That was like regular yeah, water. There, the waves the weren't crashing. Different. Yeah, yeah, but like it's... But like what? The the dead are just going to like... No, see the... No, the sign is there telling them that in that particular area they have mm-hmm. riptides. And so they're lucky right there in that spot that it's just going to drag them under the water. Yeah, like the water isn't going to like out. disembowel them or anything, but I mean, it it well, might... Like, it's, it's To kill them, it's just like you got to like hit them in the head, right? So I'm just thinking like they'll still like, you know, detach bodies and maybe crawl to shore. I don't know. Like I'm just thinking no, like... It's no, not gonna, like, no, be, it's a riptide. No, yeah, riptides will take you miles out. It depends yeah, on how just, strong yeah, the riptide is. Uh, okay, okay. Yeah, okay. it's gonna just drag them and snatch them out to sea. Because I was just like, I was like, I don't understand. They're gonna come back anyway. <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing all this? I think, um, also, too, was that area like a place where the tide came in and out? I wasn't for sure. I mean, so if that's an area where they have, like, high tide and low tide, then, yeah, they're definitely pretty much yeah, going that is out true, cause it'll, Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. It was interesting. I I thought that was I was like, oh wow, she's she's back on her Laura Croft Tomb Raider mindset again. Mm. Look at this! Oh my wow. gosh! Was like, wow, that was clever. It was. Yeah. Speaking of clever people, yeah. let's head back to La Colonia. And Nick has already made the deal with the dealers. We didn't get a chance to see that. We saw that off camera. And uh, obviously things went smoothly since you know you didn't have any hands chopped off and that kind of stuff. And so. As, like, I don't want to say payment, but, like, as a means to show Nick how grateful he is, Alejandro gives Nick his own one-room abode in La Colonia, you know, as as a gift of appreciation for his work with the dealers, his work on the pills, and all this kind of stuff. You know, he basically thanks him for giving La Colonia time, which time is, is very important in the end of times so back at the hotel madison is ready to execute alicia's plan we've got elena who uh, informs everyone that uh, the three buildings are connected you know they're connected by this single hall and so if they can get all of the infected into that hall it will lead them out into the boardwalk 
And so everyone is ready to split up, but before they do, uh, Alicia tries to stay with her mother, and, and sort of they have a little moment because remember uh, Alicia had seen that infected that was dressed sort of like Madison, and she thought it was her, and all this kind of stuff. And then and Madison says probably like the worst thing that you're supposed to say in any type of horror type of situation. You're never gonna lose me. We're never gonna lose each other. We're gonna be together forever. <laughs> and then she said, "Be right back." No, she didn't say that. But you're not supposed to say that, Madison. And you know I love you, but come on. So Alicia runs off. Everyone splits up, and everyone sort of has their tasks to do. And they start making noise in in the lobby. That is Alicia and Hector. And uh, she turns music on from her cell phone, which it still works. Yeah, I was like. <laughs> Really? <laughs> like, it was enough when she was, like, iPodding, like, out on Abigail. Right. But, like, that was a long time ago, I feel. Mm -hmm. I thought the same Oh, wait, time. does the hotel not have any power? Okay. But well, does she have her charger? But, but, right, but exactly. Does she, does Maybe she found a charger. Yeah, okay. Why not? Maybe. Maybe. Sure. Why In one of the rooms, she found one. Yeah. Okay, okay, we'll just give her that. Yeah, we'll go, okay, we'll get, yeah. <laughs> so she starts playing, she starts blasting music, and, uh, you know, it, it, it uh, creates a pack that uh, heads towards this magical hallway that connects all the um, buildings. And so Victor is with Elena, and they're running from room to room, opening doors, um... Or propping the doors open with spoons so that the infected can come out. We got Madison. She's banging pots and pans in the lobby and all this kind of stuff. And so um, there's there's this meeting point where our groups are going to connect at. And so everyone's there except for Alicia and Hector. They haven't arrived yet. And so everyone's like, um, you know, what are we going to do? Should we leave without them you know they haven't arrived on time but all of a sudden oh wait 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 uh the, you know the infected are sort of like basically upon them but all of a sudden you know they they arrive and uh, they escape and uh, they start drawing the infected out into the boardwalk and the final phase of the plan is that oscar's brother you know locks the door behind them and uh, alicia you know looks at madison and she escapes by sliding down a, a, a side staircase or, or she not sliding down but she she heads down a side staircase and madison continues hurting the infected eileen is watching from the balcony She's a rich bitch. She, she can't get dirty. And, um... <laughs> right, right. Yes. Deidre, Deidre's got her eyes on you, Eileen. And Alicia and Hector, they, they race across the beach to a raft that's floating in the water. And then, oh no, Hector has problems starting the engine. But, uh, you know, they're soon on their way towards the end of the boardwalk across the, uh, you know rough water the, the the rough waves and so madison hasn't arrived yet and so they're all scared that she won't 
and uh, unable to walk any further. You know, she, she keeps looking over at the vacant water. The snarling watchers are walkers are approaching, and just as you know, um, you know, everything seems like it's about to end for our homegirl. And I know Deidre was like holding back some tears. Yeah, cardboard tears. Yes, I was. <laughs> yes, we hear. Alicia's voice, and Madison does her best. Um, I don't know what would we call it, like uh, Jean Claude Van Damme, you know, leap <laughs> off of the boardwalk <laughs> into the water in slow motion. It was graceful, okay. It was. It was so graceful. It was beautiful. It was, it was awesome. Mm-hmm. It was. I like anything slow motion. It makes it look look more impressive. And so she jumps off in slow motion, and of course the walkers follow her path, only to be sucked into the riptide, in which Madison, our Madison, didn't believe would do anything, but now she she, she understands that uh, this is a good thing. And so Alicia and Hector pull Madison into tv madison into the boat safe and sound and everything's all fine and beautiful so yes let's talk about this for a second because this was a very impressive scene i think and i know you haven't been team madison deidre but i think this was like a really gutsy move uh, for not not only to madison Madison, like, executing this plan, but also for Alicia, like, really coming into her own and, um, you know, formulating this plan to get rid of all the infected at the resort. What did you think, Deidre? Were you impressed? I think that the writers of the show have been listening to the viewers saying, can you please... They've been listening to us. Interesting. I think they were listening to us. I think they were oh. like, yeah, you need to improve that chick because she is just, like, not worthy of your TV ratings. So, and they are like, okay, well, you know, we're going to improve her. And they did, but they just did it to extreme. You know, it's like Resident Evil meets Laura Croft, and this is not good. But still, in this particular instance, in this particular episode, yes, I will say mother and daughter have greatly improved. It was impressive. The whole thing was just impressive. Madison's dive was, I'm sorry, her stunt person's dive was very impressive. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I really like that. I really liked it. Yeah. Um, I was a little confused, actually, like, when they were on the boardwalk and, and Madison was out there and she was, you know, banging the pots and pans and that guy closed the doors Mm-hmm. I would. I like. I didn't realize that he was helping. I thought he was like locking them out there, like he just wanted to get rid of them. Oh, yeah. Like to like kill them off because I didn't realize that he was like helping them. I thought he was like still against them, and I was like, oh shit, no! <laughs> I'm like, oh god, what's gonna happen now? But then the plan actually worked, and it was successful. Surprisingly, so yeah. Yeah, but I was scared. I didn't realize. <laughs> So let's head back to La Colonia. So it's nighttime, and uh, Nick is doing what everyone does late at night, reading from a Spanish dictionary by candlelight, because, you know, he was feeling all romantical by himself. He was feeling himself, right, Deidre? He was all up in his feelings. He was. He was. <laughs> yeah, he was feeling himself to the Spanish dictionary. Yes. And so there's a knock on the door. 
And it's Luciana, who's having trouble sleeping. Hmm. Just that line by itself was like, oh. Bow, no. chicka, bow, bow. Deidre's had many of those <laughs> nights. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And so he invites her yeah. in, and he's like, you know, I, I want to learn a little bit of Spanish, you know, so I can talk to someone who isn't you or Alejandro. And uh, he's like, so far, I, I know how to say you're wearing clean socks. And uh, he's like, he wishes he had known about the apocalypse because, you know, he would have taken, like, Spanish in high school and he would have taken things a little bit more seriously when it comes to learning another language. And so they have a talk and, and he lets her know that uh, he has a sister. And um, he's like, she, she was the golden child. You know, she had a future. But it seems as though, like, people who didn't have a future in the past are actually the ones that are more adept to this current world and uh, he hopes that she's alive and um, he also tells her that his mother was with his sister when they got separated and that his father had passed away a long time ago and um, let's continue on with this because because uh, there's a yeah, I mean, it's just, it's short what happens next. So, you know, Nick's in bed, Luciana has fallen asleep, and um, she wakes up to Nick reading on the floor, and she's about to leave, because she's like, you know, I don't need people talking about uh, stuff, you know, and people like to gossip and that kind of thing. But before she leaves, Nick uh, basically, like, confronts her about, you know, Alejandro said that she was testing him. And to this, the candlelight flickers. She turns around. <laughs> she turns towards Nick. Nick looks at her. She looks at him. Her mouth slightly agape. Are you reading from a piece of paper? Oh my <laughs> No, Deidre, I'm inspired. <laughs> her mouth slightly agape. Him with a strange look in his eyes. She approaches him and gives him a big old kiss, and uh, the two fall back towards the bed. Madison, can you please give me a shot of vodka or something? Oh my like, gosh. I need it too, girl. It's like a bad romance novel. It was. Yes. Either that or a bad porno that you'd find at the hotel. Oh, God. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah, it wasn't. Uh, it was a little. It was a little obvious. Burn, chicka, burn, burn. So, Luciana and Nick, do we ship this? It's okay. Yeah, it's it's I. Right. I get it. I don't. It's ridiculous. My God. <laughs> oh. No. 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 <laughs> Nick should not. No. No, I don't see no. There were like some studs there. I don't understand. Nick is nowhere near the word stud at I, I don't okay, no. It's the end of the world uh, though. Right. But I mean and, and 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 look at how I mean, but you can look at how <clears throat> how the other men in, in La Colonia would stack up against Nick, who's been out there surviving on his own, you know, can can take on, you know, roaming through the infected, unaffected. You know, there aren't any there aren't any guys in La Colonia like that. So I there I can see that there would be an appeal there. And and the other side of it is that even though, you know, he's he has it like that, she's still, you know, 
you know, she can still grab him by the throat. Well, I guess there's that. And I, th I think the interesting part as well, because it's usually the opposite. You know, usually, you know, the person from the other countries, like the exotic one, that, that seems very interesting because they're exotic. He's the exotic one because he's an American in Mexico. Right. So there's that little spark yeah. of, like, the unknown of, of someone, you know, stranger from a strange land, basically. Well, like, also, she just lost her brother, so she's probably really not in the right mindset. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's, uh, that's, that's she's trying to numb the I'm pain with a little quiet. dictation. Mm -hmm. It'd be nice if she has some actual dick for dictation to take the dick. Oh, no, gosh, Deidre. <laughs> Deidre, why are you so vulgar? <laughs> So the next part of the uh, the episode's pretty interesting. Did everybody else like start to tear up there, or was that only yes, me? Yes, no, it was not just you. Yeah, Madison, why don't you take it away? Yeah, I was surprised. I was surprised. Yeah. Yeah. I I knew that this episode, like Strand, was like not himself. Like mm -hmm. he was real. Like I could tell that he was like really, really sad, really depressed. Like even in the opening scene where they were getting away from all the walkers, like. He, he looked scared, and that's never a thing that I saw from him. Um, so I could tell that, you know, he goes upstairs because some people didn't join everyone for dinner. And he goes upstairs, and he finds the groom. Oscar. Oscar. Yes, Oscar. Um, blocking one of the doors because his wife, Jessica, is behind the doors. But we all know that it's not really his wife anymore. And, uh, you know, Oscar's saying, oh, you can't know how I feel. You haven't lost anybody. Like, you couldn't know this. And then we all know that Strand just lost somebody. So, you know, some irony there. But, um, and then Strand just offers him to help him and to help Jessica just, you know, relieve themselves of this pain and just kind of move on and, and it's sad because Strand said, like, you become a person that you don't really want to be. But you can't help it, right? You got to move forward. So it was really sad. It was really, really depressing. Yeah, that I was, was uh, kidding before when I said, you know, Nick was it all up in the ceiling. He really wasn't. But Strand and, and that guy, they were really yeah, that all was, so deep into their feelings. Man. Oh, that was, that was a moment. That was, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That, yeah. that, that hit me. I mean, I don't, I don't have a whole lot of moments that get me emotional like that when I'm watching TV, but that was one of them. Cause it was just like, he was, he was allowing himself to be vulnerable in a way that he just doesn't do. He doesn't do that. Um, you know, he was, he allowed himself to be open and vulnerable to his feelings as far as Tomas was concerned, but that's not who he is generally so right. to have him be in that space where look I, I get what you're going through and I get what where you are but you you're not doing yourself or her any honor by holding on to the fantasy of who she was because that's not who she is anymore and the fact is you're going to become a different person because you lost her but that's just the reality of what life is and you have to be able to, to get on the other side of that and that's when he that's what he was offering to do to help you move to the other side of that and it was just it was powerful because when you I mean because as soon as the steers started flowing I was like oh my god I'm done yeah. I, just, I, was, I yeah. was just I was done it was so sad 
Yeah. And like to know that they were like both coming from the same pain, you know. Mm-hmm. So I have a question. Go ahead. The floor is yours. Where the hell is Ophelia? Yeah. Yes. Like, girl, you have some explaining to do. Okay. Because at the moment I'm sitting here thinking she's like, you know, crouched down and on her hunches on the floor with a big stick like carving into the carpet or the floor or something looking dazed and confused like a cave woman. I don't understand. Where is she? Right. Still, still the question in the back of the mind. Okay, where is Ophelia? Do we have any guesses? Any uh, predictions? I think she took that yeah, car. Oh. Or the truck or whatever. Or was she kidnapped with the truck? By um, by who though? Like the bad guys, the the mm. gang. Hey, where's her dad? You guys keep telling me people are dead. I don't know. It's one of those things. Until I see the body, like a soap opera. Oh no, I don't. I don't I think he's dead body. either. Oh, you're no. not giving up on Daniel just yet. No. No. Okay, I, I can get with Daniel, that. Ophelia's I father. I don't want him to be. Oh, dead. you don't think he's dead? Oh no, he's not dead. No. In my opinion, yes. if you don't see the body or you don't see them turned, they're they're not dead. <laughs> yeah, but he needed to be. Plus, it's Ruben Blood, man. It's Ruben Blood. No, really. He's OG I... gangster. He'll figure his way out of there. <laughs> he I probably remember, escaped remember, with remember like his shirt on fire. Yeah, remember where the character is originally from, and remember what he went through. You know, back in his country. There's no way. That man is going to sit there and just let himself just, no, 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 no. Mm. Nah. Yeah, but he was at peace with his wife. Like, I was okay with that. I don't know. No, we need to see him kicking ass. <laughs> okay, fine, whatever. <laughs> He's our version of Rambo. You do you guys. <laughs> yes. So any any I'm other... you, Madison. I'm not, all that, I'm not certain that he's alive either, but we'll see. Uh, any other guesses as to where Ophelia could be? Besides eating the peanuts. <laughs> right. So I don't know. I don't know. I mean, maybe she is in a state of shock somewhere. It's just hard to to figure out. I don't know. Okay. Well, I do have some scoop on that in just a moment. All right. Because it is time to get a little spoilery. Let's dive into some spoilers for upcoming episodes of Fear the Walking Dead. This is an official spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Check out our official Facebook like page by visiting facebook.com slash the rambling dead. So I do have a brand new interview that entertainmentweekly.com posted with showrunner Dave Erickson. And uh, let's start off not with Ophelia. Let's talk about Strand and Oscar. And here's the question that they asked, uh, the showrunner strand has this whole scene where he convinces oscar that he has to let his poor zombie bride go he says let me help you let me help jessica is he also helping himself at this point in terms of dealing with his grief over losing his own love and here's the answer 
and I, I thought this was a the appropriate question, especially after what uh, both, or, or I should say all of you, uh, discussed uh, a little bit earlier. And so this is the answer. That's interesting. The answer is yes. We see an atypical strand in this episode now that they have found what they think is a relatively safe place and have cleansed it of the dead. He's mourning for the first time since Abigail died. They've been on the run for the past few days, and he's definitely grieving that loss. That offering to put down Jessica. I think he is trying to find some closure. He's trying to find some way by offering this gesture to Oscar to offer himself a balm as well. That's interesting and Coleman plays it beautifully. Strand is in a very fragile place and it's a place we haven't seen him before. I think part of what we'll see moving forward and then moving into season three is sort of the resurgence of Strand and he'll start to find that older version of himself and so they they follow up with get that swagger back and he says exactly yes yep how strand got his groove back yes he means it and so they ask the billion dollar question where's ophelia and so this is the answer we will reconnect with ophelia very very soon. She took it upon herself to leave her makeshift family for reasons that we will reveal shortly, and what it will represent for her is the last stab at hope. The last stab at something that for her is really an act of defiance of the apocalypse. We're starting to lay track and starting to introduce elements that will gradually steer us towards season three. And her journey is kind of instrumental in that. Ooh, that's interesting. I don't even know what that means, but it sounds exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like the female Rain, uh, Rambo coming into being or something. I don't know. Yes, I approve That's that. And so they also ask, okay. so what do we have coming up next week? And his response is, everything is going to be beautiful. Things at the hotel are going to be great. They're going to start to farm. And so uh, the interviewer says, I don't believe you. And uh, his response is, as you've indicated, we're setting ourselves up for a potential fall and Madison's efforts to reconnect with Nick. That's going to gain a foothold. And ultimately, she's going to be tested in terms of where her love really lies how far is she willing to go to save her son when her daughter is right there by her side i don't know what that means but it sounds exciting i think everything that she that she did in this episode the last episode her turning points I think she's probably going to end up reverting right back to the medicine we knew pre-apocalypse. Or it's going to bite her in the ass. Mm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to hate her again. Oh, yeah. gosh, Deidre. <laughs> well, let's enjoy, her, let's enjoy her while you still can. Right. It's going to be an interesting okay. episode. Yes. We do have some information on a couple of upcoming episodes. The next episode, episode 12, is titled Pillar of Salt. And here's the synopsis. At the Colonia, Alejandro reveals his darker side. A hotel resident becomes violent, and Madison springs into action. Watch out now. I don't trust that man mm-hmm. at the Colonia. I think I told you guys last week, I'm like, I don't 
something about him just isn't right. I think he's trying to convince Nick right now that he's cool, that everything is good, that he understands him. And I think Nick being Nick is like, I'm just going to go along with you until I need to get the hell out of here. But Deidre, Alejandro has said such wonderful things about you. Fuck him, no. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Shit just got real. No, no. I think Nick is being Nick. Nick is like, I got to do it. I got to do to survive. I'm figuring things out. But I don't think he trusts that guy. I think he's just, you know, getting by. Interesting. And uh, the following episode after that, episode 13, is titled Date of Death. And this is a synopsis. Madison struggles to cope as a large number of refugees flood into the hotel, including someone familiar but unexpected. Oh my god. Wait, who? Who? I'll repeat this because this is interesting. <laughs> Madison struggles to cope as a large number of refugees flood into the hotel, including someone familiar but unexpected. Travis? Hmm. It's got to be somebody that she did something wrong to. Oh my gosh, Deidre. Charlie. Ooh. Ooh. Get out. Oh, Charlie? I there. What if it is Charlie? The Asian oh woman God. that survived the, the plane woman. crash. Yes. Oh my God. Now yes. that, would be, that would be awesome. Yes. Yeah, that oh would my. Because her time was way too brief. Yeah. Or what was the that name? Was man's name? Jack? Mm. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no but. He was dead. Uh, uh, no, no, no. We'll have to see, right? <laughs> Madison's going through everything in her mind. Like, no, no, yeah. no, no. <laughs> like playing out the options. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess we'll find out in two weeks. So, oh, God damn it. On that <laughs> note. Join us next time for a brand new installment of Fear, the Rambling Dead. Visit the Poppy Chula Radio archives to download this episode and many more. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast through iTunes. Just search for Fear, the Rambling Dead and subscribe. Please like us on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash the rambling dead follow us on tumblr fear the rambling dead dash pcr.tumblr.com follow the station on social media we are on facebook instagram tumblr twitter and youtube at poppy chula radio email us via contact at poppy with any questions suggestions comments or concerns are you interested in joining the poppy chula radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor email talent at poppy co-hosts please wish the listeners a good night good night ramblers good night Thanks for tuning in. Download new episodes of Fear the Rambling Dead every Tuesday via iTunes and the Poppy Chula Radio archives. New episodes stream via poppychularadio.com every Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. Good night. Legionnaire, share with us some final words. On your birthday. On my birthday, yes. We have seen the infected be smashed, stabbed, and shot. But this is the first time that we've seen them succumb to peer pressure. Bum, bum, bum.
I love a good play on words. Deidre didn't understand it. Shut up, fool. Don't reveal my truths. Be quiet. Okay. Deidre loves peer pressure. Yes. 